Today's scripture is Hebrews 11:29 through 12, verse 2. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. But when the Egyptians attempted to go to, to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better so they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Therefore, therefore, always listen when you read Scripture and see the word therefore, pay close attention to what comes after it. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. There are a lot of reasons why I love Hebrews, and one of them is is it's an athletic book. There's a lot of sports in it, and I love that. And so for the second Sunday in a row, I open up with a great uh, highlight sports memory of yours truly. In the eighth grade, I was not very fast out of the blocks but I was a pretty good long-distance runner. And so I was on the track team, Alexander Junior High. And there we were in Macomb in a big, well, a big track meet, not really, but it was, uh, there were thousands of people there. No, nobody goes to junior high track meets, okay? <laughs> Let's just say that right off the bat. I'm still a little bitter about it. Um, And, you know, those of you who ran track know that they say the two-mile is the last thing. It's like hour eight. It's like 4.30, everybody's ready to go. Not even the team is paying attention. They're packing up. So I go, and I start running. Eight laps around. And I'm running. Lap one, I'm a little bit behind. Lap two, a little bit more behind. Lap three, they're starting to lap me. Okay? (laughs) But something beautiful happens in lap four. I hear somebody call my name. Bruce, pick up your feet. Go, son, you can do it. And then all of a sudden, 
I'll start picking it up. Because I'm not going to let that guy down. I don't have no idea who this guy is. But I'm, I'm not going to let him down. I'm not going to let my one fan down. <laughs> right? So I'm running. And I start catching up. And I forget how tired I am. And I hear it again, lap five. Bruce, come on, you can do it. You can do it. I pick it up a little bit more and get a little faster. All of a sudden, I see him coming. Lap six. You got it, Bruce. Pick up your feet. Breathe. Okay, I'm there now on the home straight. And I'm getting real close. And out of eight people, guess. Guess what place I came in. What's that? Eight. But that's not the story. That's not the big deal. The deal is... No, I really don't remember. I don't remember what place I came in. The thing I remember was there was this guy, Morton is his last name. I forget what his first name is. His dad was the legendary coach at Brookhaven High School in the 60s. His dad passed away way too early at the age of 43, but his dad was my dad's coach. And I found that out uh, later on. I, um, I asked who this person was, and there this guy whom I don't know, but he knew my name, and he was leading me, leading me to the finish line. Finish the race. Finish the race. So we've got this faith. You remember last week. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. In other words, finishing the race for us as followers of Jesus means that we hold something that's not quite there yet. It hasn't completely materialized. We don't have it quite there, but we know, kind of like Teddy said, because of our experience with the living God in Christ, we know God is not going to let us down. And so we run. We run, and we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Now, this Hebrews congregation is exhausted. They're not mad. They're not divided. They're not leaving the church, going to you know, form an atheist group or we don't like Christians group. They're just tired. They're tired and they're exhausted. They're not going in the wrong direction. You know what their problem is? They're going in no direction at all. They're just sitting, sitting tight. They may be adoring Jesus, but they sure aren't following Jesus. You can see the problems in, if you look in Hebrews 12, 12, it says, therefore, lift your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees, and make the path straight for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. Pick up your feet, Bruce. Pick up your feet. You can do it. There was something else they were doing as well. They, they were not doing the little things. They stopped meeting together. Right? They were phoning it in, right? And so in Hebrews 10, 25, it says this, Let us hold fast to the confession of hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good needs, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. They're losing confidence. They're losing confidence. And the preacher in Hebrews is not concerned about those people slamming the door and getting mad. They probably weren't in it anyway. The preacher of Hebrews is worried about the people who just take a step back and then fade back 
and then fade back. I don't know if you noticed, but most of the time people don't officially unjoin the church. You know, we, we have an invitation and I, I've never heard a preacher say, now if there are those of you who are getting tired of us, if you'll come forward, we can undo your commitment to the church, right? You know, you just stop coming, you kind of pull away from a small group here or there, you, you, you stay and then you, uh, and then maybe you get a little myth that nobody, you know, asked about you or whatever and all of a sudden there it goes, it's a, it's a fade away and that's what Hebrews, and how timely, y'all, how timely. Because y'all, let's just be honest, sometimes following Jesus is a little exhausting. Because Christ is calling us to exert an effort. Jesus doesn't want fans. He doesn't want Facebook likes. You know what Jesus wants? Imitate me. Follow me. Do what I do. Let me work in you, is what Jesus says. And when this writer of Hebrews begins to sort of unwind the the, the problem of these people with drooping bad knees and drooping hands, he doesn't write about some new program or some new slogan or he doesn't try to rebrand the church. What he does is he just starts to preach Christ. The one who created the path for you and for me. The one who is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And then, and then the writer mentions the saints. Don't you love this list of saints? Um, the first group of saints that we heard Mary read were, I mean like, boy, they won, they victory, everything. But then all of a sudden it gets a little gory and gloomy. Did you catch that, the last bit? It kind of looked like there were winners and losers, right? I mean... Sawed in half? I almost feel like, you know, when I complained to my dad, you know, about something, you know, and when I was a kid, he'd say, man, you don't know how bad I had it. You had it. Man, I had to walk to school. We didn't have any air conditioning, you know, that kind of thing. It almost feels like that, but it's really not that because in the kingdom of God and God's economy, it's not about winning and losing. Following Jesus is not about staring at the scoreboard and keeping points. And if we did that, that would drive us all crazy. That's not what it's talking about at all. It's talking about finishing the race. How many of you have run a marathon? Okay, some of you have. Okay. And some of you have done Ironman and done all kind of crazy stuff. You know, I've never met somebody who ran a marathon that said, yeah, I ran the Boston Marathon, but I lost. What do they say? They say, but I finished. I finished the race. What's so radical about this is that the author of Hebrews is saying that the people who've died and gone before you are rooting your own, you rooting you on, calling out your name, telling you to pick up your feet. Billy Graham is telling you to pick up your feet and follow Jesus. Billy Graham, who pulled the rope from the middle of one of his revivals, his big tent revivals, because they told him black people and white people need to be separate in their worship. You better keep the barriers where they are. You're going to lose a lot of money. Nobody's going to listen to you. Billy Graham pulled that rope. He did it. He made sure he did it right before he preached so people could see. Was Billy Graham perfect? 
No. None of these people in the Bible were perfect. That's not it. But I guarantee you, Billy Graham is rooting for you and for me. Fanny Lou Hamer, all five foot two of her, saw a woman who got beaten within one inch of her death in Winona, Mississippi, is rooting for you and for me. The one who had the audacity to believe that every person in Mississippi should be able to vote. Her supervisor and her boss got a cross burned in his yard. She said, I don't care what they do to me. If they kill me, that's okay. If I fall, she said, I'm going to fall five feet, two inches forward. Fanny Hamer is rooting for you. Every person who's been enraptured and fallen in love with Jesus Christ and fears Him more than they fear anybody in power is rooting for you. And that's what the church needs. I mean, this has been a bad week. It's been a tough week. Anybody that can see an eight-year-old Hispanic young girl cry on her first day of school in Forest, Mississippi, because she doesn't know where her mom and dad is, that's tough. And there are hundreds of people just like her just like Susan said, I'm not going to get into the politics of it. I'm not even worried about that. I know who Jesus is worried about. And Jesus is worried about her and all those kids. Whatever my opinion of the law of Mississippi or the United States is, the law of Christ is going to trumpet for me. And I'm going to love those kids. Now, there are a lot of people who... Um, who responded, I mean, I'm going to love them with beans and rice and drop by a bunch of cash. I'm going to make sure it gets to the right place. It's, it's interesting, a, a lot of Christians are responding to this in all parts of the state. There are several places in Mississippi that it happened. What's ironic, too, is that everybody's got their cell phones, and so sometimes people are taking too many pictures, and I'm hearing rumors that that's scaring some of our Latino uh, community because they're worried about them coming after them, right? So I'm going to keep my phone in my pocket. I'm not going to take any pictures and make a big production of it. But y'all are a cloud of witnesses for me. I mean, we all can't drive up to Laurel, but I know 30 minutes after I posted that Facebook page that I said, hey, we're, we're gathering stuff for these kids. 30 minutes later, I had a guy at my door with $500 cash in his hand. Doesn't even, doesn't, go to, doesn't even go to this church. He just saw it. Take it. Since we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, since we are, since they're looking at us, maybe we can do what we can to pull that rope from out of the center of the auditorium like Billy Graham did. Maybe we can do that. I don't know how you're going to do it, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but maybe there's a way. Because I believe the saints are watching. And I believe that's a good thing. Just look at the Apostles' Creed. I believe in the communion of the saints. Every time we learn about somebody else's faith, 
We experience that communion. Every time we remember a life well lived in faith, we have that communion. Every time we gather together and check in with our friends like you and I are doing now, we are gathering with the saints, living and dead. They're all gathering with us. We're all worshiping together on Sunday morning. All of us. I don't know what your expectation of the church is, but let me just share with you mine. My expectation of the church is that every Sunday and every time I meet with you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm reminded that faith, hope, and love, they abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. That's what I need to be reminded by you, by what you do. Because it's hard and it's easy to get tired and it's easy to get run down and cynical. What can I do? I'm just a drop in a bucket. But the saints keep telling me, pick up your feet. It's not about winning. It's about finishing the race. And it's what we're all called to do. In matters of faith, it's daunting. But it's what we're called to do. At the 11 o'clock service, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but at the 11 o'clock service, Miss Spearman is going to be there. Miss Spearman was my fourth grade Spanish teacher. She'd walk in, hola. She'd come in, uno, dos, repita, uno. There she is. She's 93 years old from Brookhaven. She and Susan Donahue are real close friends and she is a rock star in Brookhaven. I, I wish I could do, I hope I do half of what Miss Spearman has done in our community. She came about three weeks ago. We talked for about two hours. It felt like 10 minutes. She said, Bruce, I'm getting frustrated. I said, Why, Miss Spearman? What do you do? Well, I'm working for Mission Mississippi. I'm just trying to get black people and white people to talk. And it's hard. I get resistance from all sides, and I feel like quitting. Yeah, she said, and I'm thinking to myself, 93 years old and working on getting people to talk together. And I'm thinking, Miss Spearman, you're a saint. You are a saint. I do wish I had paid more attention to Miss Spearman because Spanish would come in handy in about four hours when I'm in Laurel. But I'm going to be preaching in front of one of, my, one of my saints. I believe in the communion of the saints. I believe that there are people who have died, yes, have died, and who are watching you and are yelling your name out and are saying, I am so proud of you. Pick up your feet. You don't have to win. We don't care about you winning. What you, we want you to do is to finish the race. Finish the race. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Lord, I want to be in that number. Oh, when the saints go marching in. I believe in the communion of saints. Let us run with perseverance. For we know, as it says at the end of this that Jesus Christ has finished the race and is the perfecter and he's already won. So quit looking at the scoreboard. Just pick up your feet and run through that tape because finishing is winning. Let us pray. Oh God, may we all be witnesses. May we all see the cloud of witnesses around us, those who are living and those who are dead.
May we know that as we round the curve on that track that there are many people calling our names and that one day all sin and death and sorrow will be done and there will be nothing left to do but to celebrate that God reconciled the world through Him in Christ. Hasten that day, O God, but in the meantime, may we run the race with perseverance. And all God's people said, Amen.